Worthy of Recognition podcast hosted by Natasha Virginia Worthy features bi-weekly inspirational conversations on compassion, influence, and purpose with the intent of causing a ripple effect of action. Join the movement where compassion, influence, and purpose are inspired. Hello, everybody. Happy 2021. This is Natasha Worthy, your host of Worthy of Recognition. On this first episode of the new year, it gives me great pleasure to share with you my conversation with Mr. Nick Clark, the founder, CEO, and host of the Firm Podcast, Fathers Inspired, Restored, and Motivated. This Remarkable Acts episode was taped last year. However, because of its inspirational content, I felt that it would be perfect to share at the top of the new year to encourage us all to just leap towards fulfilling our purpose and dreams. Nick Clark is excited to bring fathers together through conversations that inspire, restore, and motivate them to become leaders in their families and communities. His podcast firm is designed to form a community of support to fathers across the globe. The show tackles various topics with the goal of creating change through addressing difficult conversations that will leave fathers inspired and empowered to take their place in society that desperately needs them. Here's my interesting, motivational, and positive conversation with Nick Clark. Greetings, Nick. Welcome to Worthy of Recognition. How are you this evening? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I apologize for all the mix-up the last few times, so I apologize, but thank you for being patient. Don't worry. They say, you know, those things that are great are well worth waiting for. So I'm really excited about sharing with everyone the work that you're doing around fatherhood. It is so ironic that, you know, it appears that we kind of started the podcast around the same time and we got connected through a mutual friend, even though we kind of knew each other from um, the Dunbar neighborhood, but I shared my podcast with Carrie, and once she listened to it and, you know, heard the purpose of the podcast, she was like, Natasha, I think you should listen to Nick's podcast. So I listened to Firm, and after the first episode, I was like, oh yes, he is definitely what Worthy of Recognition is about. So again, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. So we're going to jump right in. Nick, tell me what does FIRM stand for? What does it mean? Well, I'm going to go back to this and tell you thank you for even having me again. But um, hey, I, I congratulate you on your podcast because I know, like you know, this is truly a leap of faith and just trying to do something to inspire people. Mm-hmm. It's for a good cause. So I just commend you for it. And I thank you again for just having me. Oh, well, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're so kind. So tell us what FIRM stands for. So FIRM stands for Fathers Inspired, Restored, and Motivated. Okay. So now that's powerful. And what's the purpose of FIRM? It's like, um, why did you decide to do a podcast and why on fatherhood? Um, Man. Why did I decide? I kind of decided to do one. Well, I guess I asked that. I answered that question in one answer. So I kind of decided to do it because of some things that I went through early as a father, and I kind of went through some struggles and some ups and downs. And I just kind of believe, like, man, like God keeps telling me to do this podcast for some reason. 
And so I kind of put it off for a while, put it off for a while. And then kind of during this quarantine period, it kind of just sparked back up. I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then part of my New Year's resolution, excuse me, my New Year's resolution this year was to try to be as uncomfortable as possible. Mm -hmm. So that's why, because I felt like I wanted to grow. So I wanted to do this because I felt like, hey, I had been through so much and I just wanted to share with dads and just inspire your dads because I think so many times we get a bad rap and we just don't have, I'm going to say, support circles for us. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to create a platform to where other men could tune in and even women and just tune in and just gain knowledge or gain some type of, excuse me, I guess, perspective as to what men grow through. And even for men, just to have a place to where you can listen and say, okay, you know what? Hey, this brother's going through this too. Wow. Okay. So I just wanted to create a platform where we could do that and address topics that we face as men and as fathers mainly. Well, definitely, I agree with you in terms of that whole thing of stepping out on faith and being uncomfortable. And it's funny that you say that because I shared in my podcast that, you know, I was not able to sleep at night. You know, I was always thinking about it. And it's like, okay, you're being disobedient. But as soon as I did it, I, I, I enjoy it. I love it. And again, I'm excited because it gives me the opportunity to talk to, you know, um, people like you. And that's the purpose of the podcast is to show Nick that everyday people, we're common people and we're extraordinary in my in our own way so you know when i say ordinary i'm not taking it lightly but we all can make a difference and so you said you were sharing the podcast was birthed from your own experience can you share with the listeners a little bit about you know your story and how your experiences developed your purpose oh man i don't i don't know i don't know how much you want to hear i don't know if you go back to the beginning kind of what i did on episode you know, for the first three episodes, but I'll, I'll kind of give Care you a what you like. Okay. So, uh, man, my parents got divorced when I was pretty young. I was probably about six or seven. So the first, well, let me go back. The first few years, I actually lived with my grandparents while my mom was in college and while my dad was working, working to provide. So they end up having a great marriage. And around the first couple of years, everything was just really smooth. I was a great situation. I mean, father, mother, two, two kids. So it was, like, it was a cool situation. And maybe about, I think it was like 1988, I think around that time, my parents ended up getting a divorce. So when they got a divorce, it seemed like the relationship with my father just changed tremendously. Because I think my father, all he knew was his family and all he wanted was his family. And kind of when he lost that piece, I think he kind of felt like he didn't have anything else. So he didn't know how he would move forward. So during this journey, it kind of just changed a lot. And we kind of we saw my dad, but we didn't see him as much as we did when he was when, when they were married. So it kind of mm -hmm. seemed like for us, when my dad, when my parents got divorced, you know, he kind of divorced us. Mm -hmm. And I think with my father, I think he dealt with like generational issues. I know we all talk, often talk about like generational poverty, but I think people don't talk about like generational issues as it relates to lack of fatherhood. Mm -hmm. so, his, so his dad wasn't really there. So I don't think my dad knew how to be a dad, but I think he really wanted to try. I think he had great intentions. Like mm -hmm. I'll, tell, I'll tell anybody to this day, I think my dad really wanted to be a great dad. I think he just struggled with some issues. Mm -hmm. So, so fast forward, um, just kind of get to the point where I end up growing up and my dad is there, but he's more there in the sports capacity because I was an athlete in school. So I would see my dad more on that side. So I didn't get that side to where I, we were going, you know, the one-on-one -on -one conversations, just kind of teach you how to be a man, things of that nature. So I end up just going through life, just kind of learning, kind of clinging to a lot of my coaches because those are the male figures in my life. Mm -hmm. So when I got to college, my mother ended up getting married maybe my junior year, and I ended up meeting a great man who kind of came aboard and just took me in as his own. 
we just mm-hmm. we started off kind of rough at first because I've been without a dad for so long. So it's kind of like, okay, I'm my own man. I can do my own thing. So you're not going to really tell me how to be a man. You know, I've, I've been doing this, me feeling that way. But the cool thing about him was he never rushed the process. Mm-hmm. He kind of just stayed there and he just kind of stayed true to it. So during that journey, we just became closer. So in 2009, I became a father. And I became a father out of the relationship. I was, I was I'm not going to move and not dating. We were just having in, encounters. I'm just going to be honest with you about it. We were having encounters and we ended up having a child. And it was kind of weird for me because it was a situation where I knew that I didn't want to be with this person, but I was going to be with, I was going to do whatever to be with my child. That was my mission. I said, hey, you know what? The child has to be here. You have to be a man to step up to the plate to make sure you're doing what you need to do. So fast forward, we kind of went through a lot of co-parenting issues to where we were running into just, I guess, because she had a vision maybe hey maybe we could be a family and my vision was totally different so we started having little run-ins as it relate to visitation and things of that nature so during this time i i kind of i got me an attorney and i went i went after my rights because one thing i wanted to do is i wanted to establish my rights and i wanted to make it my business that i did whatever in my power to make sure that i was in my daughter's life forever so we went back and forth to court. It was kind of, that was a whole battle within itself. We finally worked everything out and we got to the point to where we have a decent relationship to this day. We have a decent one. My daughter's now 11. Mm-hmm. So we have a decent relationship, but it can always be better. But I, but I, but I do like the steps to where we're, we're making steps to be better as parents. But I can say we've always pretty, for the most part, kept, kept my daughter in the forefront. Mm-hmm. So fast forward in the midst of that, when my, I had another daughter in 2013, similar situation. So this time here, I'm kind of all over the place because I'm the father of two kids, two, two, two kids, two different moms. And so I'm battling in my own brain because I'm trying to break this stigma, just trying to, I guess, not get so caught up in what people have to say because a lot of times people say, oh, you got multiple baby mamas and they think whatever they think. But at this particular situation, we were dating. And we were a couple, so we ended up dating for a few months. Shortly after my daughter was born, we, we broke up. So that was back into the same situation. But this time here, I kind of knew the ropes because I'd been down this road before. Mm-hmm. So I, again, got seek legal, excuse me, seek legal representation and went after my rights and kind of just went through that, went through similar as the first situation. Mm-hmm. So everything was going well in that situation. And one day I get a call and I have to go get my daughter because something happened with the mother. Mm. So I ended up going to pick up my daughter from Chicago. And when I go pick her up, as I'm coming back, I, I reach out to her mom and I tell her, hey, I think I want to get custody of my daughter, you know, due to the thing that led me into coming to get her. So we went to, we went to court for a few months. Um, this was a really rough ride for me because I was at a place to where I didn't know what to do. I knew this was new territory and I knew I kind of had to step up. I think it was different because it's easy going from being an every other weekend dad where you kind of, it's like you're a dad, but you're not a full-time custodial parent. So now this is putting on different shoes that I've never worn. So we went to court. This this, excuse me, this particular phase was three phases. So it was, you have three orders. You have a emergency temporary order, you have a temporary order, and you have a final order. So I went to court and they granted me custody, full custody of my daughter. This was very hard for me because I mean, I remember being in court and this, this kind of one thing I shared with the fathers too. I remember being in court 
and they wrote a list of pros and cons. And mm -hmm. on my, excuse me, they wrote a list of our cons. So on her list of cons, it may have been 20 things that mom had against her. And on my side, it was nothing. Mm -hmm. My lawyer couldn't write anything. Her lawyer didn't have anything to write. So, but the judge, I remember the judge telling me, I'm still having a hard time determining if I want to give you this baby. Wow. And for me, that was like, wow, because like, wow. So I'm showing you that I'm fit and that I can do these things. But he eventually came around because I had, to go, I had my therapist testify. My therapist kind of talked about how the child needed to be with a father and just how I was, you know, mentally stable and I could, I could handle this, I could handle this responsibility. So he granted me custody. That was just, that was just a lot, mm -hmm. you know, going from, from, I guess every other weekend dad or, you know, doing that. Plan, excuse me, playing a non-custodial parent to not being the custodial parent. Right. So it was just a different ride. So then we went back for the second time. And this time my attorney told me, hey, if we can win the second time, that pretty much sets us up for the final verdict to be in our favor. So we went back probably about a year later. So the midst that, that year, um, I, I enrolled my daughter into school, private school, and I was just kind of just trying to, trying to show that I was a serious parent. So lo and behold, she was, she was, that was pre-K. So we had an amazing pre-K year. Um, she was the top student in the school, in the pre-K class. She made straight A's the whole year. She was actually, at that time in pre-K, she was reading on a second grade level in pre-K. And I mean, I had won like an outstanding parent award. So I went back into the second wow. grade. Like, hey. Yeah, I, I was, it was, it was cool. So I was, um, I was excited because I felt like I had proven myself and I just kind of showed myself that I was, that I was worthy of this challenge. Right. That I was worthy of this challenge. And I think during that time, it was just a lot. And I think I depended on my family a lot, my mom, my girl, just my support system. Because I didn't know, right. but I knew my heart was in the right place. And I kind of truly had this vision that if I'm doing, if my heart is in the right place, God is always gonna order my steps and line everything mm -hmm. up for me. Mm -hmm. So I went back the second time, the judge granted me custody again. I said, okay, whew, okay, whew, got another <laughs> chance. So we go back in for the third time. This time here, I think it was like almost like a year and a half later. So this time I went back in and he actually just let mom talk. He really let me talk. And he, he listened to her and he said, you know what? I'm going to let this child remain with her father. So he let me, he let, so he gave me, he granted me final custody. So my daughter's been with me for like the last three and a half, excuse me, not three and a half, almost four years now. Mm -hmm. up on four years now so that's just kind of a short story i kind of know it was kind of all over the place so i do apologize but no it was great a story but it's kind of what brought me here so some of my trials and tribulations that i went through to get here is kind of what made me even want to do this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well that that was great and no i, I really appreciate you sharing i want to go back when you were talking about co-parenting in your mm -hmm. opinion what are three things co-parents should do to ensure nurturing and a cohesive environment for their children man when you're talking about co-parenting um one of the first things i think you have to do is keep the child as the priority i think that's the number one thing i think within that if you keep the child number one everything else will always be fine. Mm -hmm. Then I think the other thing I had learned through this co-parenting journey is you have to be willing to compromise right. because it's not going to always be about you. And sometimes too, you have, it's, it's give and take, it's give and take, you know? And I think you have to, you have to do that. The third thing I'm going to say this from a man's standpoint, from a father's standpoint, 
and I would say, well, I say this from a father's standpoint to a mother in a co-parent relationship, make him feel like his opinion matters. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those type of things, even if you know, hey, I'm going to do a, at least listen to his idea. You may say, you know, that's a good idea. You know, at least make him, what, so what do you think? Because a lot of times as men, when we're dealing with these co-parenting relationships, we feel like, well, you're just going to do what you want to do anyway. My opinion really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I think if, you, if people start doing that, it changes kind of his thoughts too. Like, okay, she listens to him. Even if you know in your mind, like, I'm really not going to listen. But it's, the, I guess it's one of those things, the end game. The end game of this is actually going to be a big win for the family. So I think keeping the child first, um, compromising, and oof, let me think. The third, the third thing to ensure a positive co-parent relationship is, I think showing the child that you guys are on the same page. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. being consistent. Right. That's right. one thing that um we were children at one point. I mean, if you can know that you can play on mom, you can play on dad. Exactly. You do it. But if your parents are on the same page, everything's going to work out. Exactly. So I would say just um sticking together, just staying on one page, staying on one accord. Okay. Okay. That's great. That's great. So you have talked about in terms of, you know, growing up in your relationship, you know, with your dad and then the other, your father figure that stepped in. Can you share... Why is the role of fatherhood so important in a child's life? Well, you know, we hear all the statistics about it helps them in school, it helps them with social relationships, but just, well, I'm sure when you walk in a room, your daughter lights up when she sees her, her daddy. So just based on your, your insight, share with us, you know, why the role of a father is so important to a child's life. Um, for a child's life, I think, I think the role of a father is important to their life because I, well, I'm going to speak for me. For me, I know one of the roles that's important is because I provide a sense of protection. I make her feel comfortable because I think I, to her, to my girls, I'm like, that's daddy. That's dad. Mm-hmm. That's my protector. That's my everything. And another thing, I'm the first example of a man they'll ever meet. So mm-hmm. I'm setting a standard for life for them. Another thing, another reason why our role is important as fathers is because I think when we're in homes or when we're involved, well, I'm not going to say I think. I know when we're in homes and when we're involved, you get a different child because I think dad just kind of gets a different level of respect. You know, I, and I'm not knocking mom by no means, but when dad say kind of, hey, I need this done, that's what's done. Because dad ain't really going to do too much of the, the talking the back and forth. So I think even when you look at things like crime these days, I always, I always tell people, I think as fathers with more involved and more in these homes, we could help some of this crime slow down with these young men because we're going to make them accountable and we're going to hold a sense of accountability. So I would say those are just a few of the things that I think, too, fathers and men in general, we're supposed to be leaders. And I, and I, and I just truly believe that it, when, you have, when you've been thrust with the role of leadership, your role is vital. And you have to take that role extremely serious. Mm-hmm. Because if the, leader, if the head is strong, everything else will follow. But I think, it's, I think over time, we've just kind of lost our way in the sense of that leadership role. And I don't know if we downplay it or we just don't see it as impactful as it is, mm-hmm. but we have to start to see it that when I think that's kind of where I've been more challenged. Dad's like, Hey man, you're important. Your family needs you. Your community needs you. And just, you're needed. Your presence is extremely needed, especially in this day and age. Definitely. I, I agree with that. Um, Nick, I want to kind of change gears a bit because, again, I just really am so excited and proud, you know, of the work that you're doing. And if you had any 
recommendation or advice for someone to just follow their purpose in terms of, like you said, you knew that this was a plan ordered by God, but they're a little timid or everything is not perfect. What advice would you give them? Oh, I would just say, um, just leap. Honestly, just leap. I think that's the greatest thing you can do. Just leap um, and just continue to work. I think one of them is crazy because we do this segment every Wednesday for fathers on Facebook Live called Win Wednesday, where we highlight a father who's kind of winning the fatherhood. So we highlight just a, a regular dad. It could be a celebrity dad. It could be just a regular working everyday dad. Just somebody who's really, I'm going to say, kicking butt at this thing called fatherhood. But he kind of gave me an analysis last week. He said, Nick, it's kind of like when grandma used to be in the kitchen cooking. Grandma would just go in there and cook. Whoever's going to eat, they're going to they're eat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. He said, man, so Nick, what you're doing with this podcast, you're just cooking a meal. Whoever wants it, they're going to eat it. So don't you ever stop cooking because somebody needs what you're cooking because somebody's hungry for this knowledge. So I would say that just, just leap and just keep going because somebody needs it. And one thing about it is we don't know who we're inspiring or who we're touching through what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we look at things like, man, I ain't getting no likes. I ain't too many people viewing this. I ain't too many people viewing that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because for me, I know this whole journey has been, um, it's been therapeutic because mm-hmm. it's been able to get, get some things off of, off of my chest. So again, I'm going to keep preaching. Leap be uncomfortable because being uncomfortable, you learn things and it forces you to learn. So I've learned so much about other fathers, um, myself. So don't, don't be afraid to leap. And God just kind of keeps, again, keeps putting that thing on your head, on your heart for you to do it. And he's looking at you like, Hey man, whenever you do it, I got you. you Right. But we battle with ourselves and we talk ourselves out of so much, you know, and sometimes our blessing is right there in our face, but we don't want to, take advantage of it mm-hmm. so i'm just and I, and I and the crazy thing is I, and i probably and you probably feel the same this feels like i'm truly walking in my purpose now like i feel good i feel excited i just feel like man this feels like everything to me like i i don't even feel like i'm i'm working most of the time i feel like i'm just kind of just on vacation <laughs> right right I, I love it i love it man i love it chase your passion chase your passion Exactly. I love it because I am a people person. And again, just being able to spotlight and to to talk to you and so that other people can hear about what you're doing. Again, that's my passion. So I'm really, really uh, excited. So I just want to say that I am truly, truly uh, thankful that you decided, not decided, that you said yes, because I called one time and you were like, yes, ma'am, I'm there when you need me, I'm there. And I just really feel that your podcast is a show that empowers and encourages dad to be present and again like you said to be leaders in their families and their communities which i feel is definitely a positive contribution towards our community the black community so tell us how can listeners find your podcast and where can we follow you on social media so anyone who wants to follow us you can find us on facebook under the firm's podcast youtube firm podcast as well as instagram at the firm's podcast as well so they can, and also they can find us on the X Squad Affiliates app. You can download us and just listen to us while you're working out. And we're in the process of getting on Spotify as well as Apple Music. So once I get that information, I'll definitely let you know that as well. 
So I want to end on a high note. Um, share with us, in your opinions, the best aspects of being a father. What are those things that just make your heart leap about being a dad? Um, for me, it's just just the impact of my kids. Just the impact of the love they have for me. I know with my little one, my well, I'm gonna start with my older. I think with my older one, the thing that makes me greatest about being her father is just kind of just seeing the development, mm -hmm. just seeing the growth, and just seeing like, man, like you were my baby. Like that was my first little baby. So just seeing her grow. But with my youngest, I think just the love and the hugs and just just the love she has for her father. I think that's even with both of them, just the love they have for me. So that's what kind of makes me excited about about being a dad. And I just feel like, too, I tell them all the time, they're a blessing to me, but I'm extremely blessed to be their father. Because I, I would tell like, man, like God gave me two of his greatest sheep to tend to. So it's 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 just the honor just to be a father. This role, I, I don't, like, again, I don't take it for granted. It has its ups, it has its downs, but I would not change it for the world. I tell them fatherhood is probably the best title. One, well, I'm gonna say one of the best. It's top three for sure. I hear that. <laughs> one of the best titles that God is just that I've been blessed with. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it's really it's just really cool. It's really I I think in just now this culture that that we're trying to create, fatherhood is is dope. It's cool and it's it's dope and it's it's it, it feels really good. It feels really good. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share the link with your family and friends so that they too can join the movement. Be sure to check out our website, worthyrecognition.com, and join us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, let's do the ordinary differently and deliberately with compassion, influence, and purpose.